Welcome to the first ever episode of OC Fan TV. My name is Zach Barkas. We are here to keep you guys up to date on all the latest Orlando City news and rumors alongside the U.S. men's national team. The U.S. men's national team just finished up a 3-0 win versus Honduras, and we're still feeling a little weary. Here to give us their thoughts are Andres Rivera-Chico, Bryce Miller, and Zach Kanata. Let's just get into it. What were your thoughts on the performance today from the American boys, Bryce? I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what the weather was, we came out, we got three on the board, and took all three points. Uh, Weston McKinney continued to ball out in the middle of the field, and I mean, there wasn't much to the game. Do you think the goals that we scored and the chances that we created were, they weren't really like true good chances? Do you think we got a little lucky with the goals that we scored tonight? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we're still lacking that final ball in, and we just got three lucky bounces and we put it in the back of the net. What did you What did you make of Christian's performance coming off the bench? I mean, the first second he got into the field, he got fouled, and that's how it always is. But he kept fighting through it, and when the chance came to him, he put it away. Yep, yep, and he almost had that second one. The reporter uh, called a brace, oh, yeah. but a little did uh, he know it didn't count. So we only won 3-0 versus Honduras. We got the three points. Now we're sitting one point behind Canada, and uh, we're looking forward to the next window. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't get to see much of the game. I just saw a stat line post the game, and, I mean, 73% possession to the United States, over 27% to Honduras. I mean, that just shows you we control the tempo of the game. We control the pace of the game as we should against the team of the caliber of Honduras, all respect given. But, you know, we put we put shots on the board. We created chances from the looks of it. But, I mean, to me, it just kind of fit the theme of the rest of these, this, the window of these games where it, we didn't really look that great, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that final ball, the final, the final thing to just get past the last man, get that ball past the last man, drill past the last man to get a shot off. It's just, it's not there right now. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a recurring team among different, like, different teams, uh, like, different favorite teams of people that are sitting in this room where our teams can control possession, they can look dangerous here and there, but just that final third of, like, getting the ball in the back of the net is just really, really lacking. And I, I mean, yeah, I just don't know what else they're supposed to do. They have a young decent attack very vibrant like you know but I think I think the money maker here is the is midfield for sure like Weston he's been playing well not only for the U.S. but also like in Europe and I don't know I think if you build around that try to get those midfielders moving forward and something's got to happen you know I don't know you just gotta is, is that something that has to happen something with Greg and his tactics moving forward because there's a situation where all of our attackers and midfielders were squeezed inside to right on top of the 18-yard box and there was no one wide. So we had no width going forward. So is that something with Greg's tactics or is that just players not knowing how to run his formation? It's got to come down to tactics, no? Uh, yeah. I mean, it has consistently for the past years been the same issue. And this is the best that the United States has looked in a very long time. Not this window. No, but this team. Yeah. This is this is the best team we've had 
since history, honestly, with the potential that we have, the players that we have playing abroad, players mm-hmm. that are starting abroad, getting Champions League minutes, you know yep. what I mean? Like, it's it's absolutely insane to me that we can't get a final ball in against a team like El Salvador or Honduras. Or Canada. E- even Canada. I mean, what is, I, honestly, all respect given, what is Canada known for? Their bacon and, and hockey. Soccer is not in that list. Give them maple syrup. All right, yeah, maple syrup. Maple, syrup. maple syrup's on there. Yeah. I mean, they their flag has they, the, you know, yeah, some they hockey. Have nothing, they have nothing on our bacon now. I can bake it's way better. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's it's better, but, but it's better. It I mean, is, I mean, bringing it back, though, Greg's got to go, yes? Uh, yeah, that's about what I was going to ask. I mean, at this point, I'm saying, yeah. It's, it would be tough to get rid of him right before a World Cup or what 10 months before a World Cup though so uh, changing that you saw what happened to Spain um, yeah I was gonna oh, say yeah. Spain went for it man and, and it didn't really pay off it didn't pay off but it didn't they didn't look horrible either that's because they're Spain what do we have to lose that's my that's just my only question I mean Not we're already again. I, mean, I mean we're already looking at that we're already looking at that prospect well who's it there's just one tonight I, honestly I wouldn't say like we're looking at that prospect like if you see the if you if we can pull up the, um, I mean, it's like just, the standings, it's like, it's all tight, you know. Like we like Mexico has a decent team. Canada, we we've seen that, whether we want to admit it or not, like they they have a decent team, and we're talking about a, like a really close point differential from who's in and who's out. I don't think that's necessarily something negative to do with the U.S. I just think competition's good in the Concacaf. It's definitely gotten better, yeah. The thing is. Going into the next window, we have to go away to Mexico. We come back for Panama, and we go away to Costa Rica. And it's going to be a tight race like this, and we never pick up points in Costa Rica. So, yeah, I'm just worried about that that aspect because yeah. I cannot relive that again. No, I'm definitely. I mean, personally, I'm starting to worry. I'm not super concerned yet. It's not like you said. We're not fighting to get into that. We're in the spots right now. We're fighting to maintain where we're at. But, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, happened I mean, before, right? Yeah, one bad game away, especially having to play Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica and Costa Rica to, like, close it out. Like, it's not an easy final yeah. window. Costa Rica winning tonight didn't help. Yeah. Oh, they just got within two points. Of, well, technically, Panama is 17 points. Live table, they're at 18 because they're drawing with Mexico right now. Um, so, yeah, that win didn't help us out. If we didn't get the three points tonight, I think we're looking at a way worse situation. For sure, three points was huge for us. Yeah. I mean, Very this needed. whole this whole window was just basically about us getting points, and we did it in two out of the three of games. You know what I mean? So, technically, mission kind of accomplished, but yeah. we should have we yeah. should have closed it out. We should have we should have beaten Canada. We really should have. I mean, we have the talent on that team. We have the ability to do it. We've we've done it before in big games. It's just that final ball that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean. I know these are professional like footballers, but those conditions in Canada were nasty, bro. Like the past two games, conditions tonight were worse, way worse. Yeah, yeah. So this was I, negative yeah, like yes. twelve with wind chill. Uh, the, this whole yeah, I was gonna say this whole window of fixtures. I remember the first game when Bryce and I were watching it. They were talking about like twenty-two degrees and stuff like that, and it's just you know that's not ideal conditions no. to do anything in. To be honest with you, no, but. Like partially selfishly, I am kind of glad that this happened because 
if, just imagine the scenes if we were to be able to seal the World Cup qualifying here in Orlando. You know Victoria. I mean? Yeah, like we we yeah. got a we got a World Club qualifying match in the final section of games. You know what I mean? It's huge. Yeah. I'm gonna be there. You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm going to go absolutely. In, I I promise you, we qualify. I'm jumping on the field and I'm drop kicking <laughs> Greenboro Halter in his throat. <laughs> Along with like the 18 other people who are crazy enough to do it in that game. I mean, Buddy's not getting out of the stadium. <laughs> Let's just be uh, real. Imagine. Yeah, no, but imagine how bad it would be don't, if, no, if we don't win that game. Not, we're not putting that in the atmosphere right now. Yeah. It would be even worse, though. Uh, absolutely. For, uh, we, I mean, everybody understands that. So, that yeah, so if we stay level on points at that point, then Panama is, is level on points then with us. Yeah. Yeah, so if we both win our first games, if we beat Mexico and they beat whoever they play, and then we lose to Panama, we're then level on points. Yeah, I mean, it very well could not happen that game, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're relying on the final game in the window. Yeah, but... Oh, and this the current game going on, too. Yeah, well, for for the U.S. to clinch against Panama, do they have they have to win against Mexico, though, right? Like, If we win our first two, I believe I believe we clinch. Yeah, so I think I think the, the more... The game that I'd be more concerned about is obviously is going Mexico. to the Azteca. Like, that's... Yeah. Because then you gotta, then you have to win your last two games. I don't think exactly. they have fans here, though. He was saying they get, they, they got suspended. Got oh, is that, oh, is that still a thing? Whole, yeah. 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 For those teams. It could be, but that would help. It, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a benefit to not have fans there. Oh, yeah. That would for help sure. a lot. But. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. Is there any way we can check? Yeah, let me look. Yeah, let's have the intern pull that up real quick for us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But while we're waiting on that, I mean, any final closing thoughts that you guys have about the U.S. men's national team games in this window? I just think our players, they're, they get the system, but when it comes down to the games, they're still hesitant in progressing the ball forward. and. Lacking confidence, maybe. You know oh, that I mean? is. They don't, they're not as confident yeah. themselves. That it just happened. Mexico will host Costa Rica on January thirtieth and Panama on February second in an empty stadium. And that is but that's not an stadium. empty stadium that we're looking at, is it? That's, no. There are definitely fans in the stands. Yeah, but is this game in Mexico or is it? In... Yeah, it's in Mexico. Oh, I thought their last kid was. Oh no, but Panama's home kid is white. Oh. Yeah, so there there will be fans then. Yeah, that would have been a game better. changer. And yeah. by game changer, I mean it. It would have just leveled. There wouldn't have been eighteen water bottles thrown during each corner. That's about all it would change. Yeah. If Greg wants to keep his job, he needs to go down there and just get all three points. Yeah, that, First that, game that would be window. huge. That get all three huge. points. Yeah. I mean, he's shown that he and we can beat Mexico. Mm-hmm. Tata Martino hasn't looked good, genuinely. In Mexico, yeah. Would that be would that be the U.S. like third straight win against them? I think it'll be four. Four. Because we did. Green oh, that'd be so embarrassing for Mexico. We did Gold yeah. Cup, Gold Cup final, Nations yeah. League final, and in and qualifying. Yeah, I was Which gonna say it'd be the funny. fourth in a row with two trophies being won in yeah. out of those. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though they they don't like to acknowledge the Nations League as an actual like trophy won or whatever. Oh, they would. Of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if they won, they would have been like, oh my gosh, we're, you know, 
Nations League champions. But, um, yeah, I guess that would take an L to us, you know. So after seeing these three games and the World Cup qualifying round, I want you to tell me your ideal preferred healthy starting 11 for the U.S. men's national team. Bryce, let's go. All right, so I got a 4-3-3, actually. And I got Stefan in goal. I got Robinson out left, uh, Zimmerman, Brooks, and Sergino Dest. And then in my midfield, I got McKinney, Adams, and Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna? Gio. Uh, and my fours are Pulisic out left, Pepe up top, and Wade out right. I just think with Gio in the middle of the field, I think we might actually get the final ball through. Yeah, because he's actually creative and knows yeah, what to do creative. when he's on the ball. Yeah, and I mean, the rest of the team kind of speaks for itself. I wish Brooks would, would have been there up in Canada. I think we would have actually had some uh, leadership in the back. Some semblance so, of defense. Yeah, and some leadership on the field in general. But After the uh, game tonight, does Kellen Acosta even make your subs at this point? Did he sneak up in there? I mean, I, mean, he, I would say he would, but... He did, he did Tyler Adams' job pretty well tonight. He did. I mean, I don't know. Would I trust him or would I trust someone like Musa right now? And I, I think it might be Acosta. But Musa's a, a more attacking player. Adams likes to sit and be the pivot. True. So, I mean, if you're trying to trust Eunice Musa to sit and be the pivot, I don't know if that's the right move. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good talk. Then the striker, Ricardo Pepe is the starter. You got you got Daryl DK, or the Orlando boy, Jordan Pifoke. There, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah. Giassi's artist. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. Please no. Um, I just feel like, I mean, I would love to have DK there. Um, I don't know why Greg's been leaving him out, though, so. You forgot one. Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. <laughs> yeah, okay. World Cup starter. Scoring seven in the World Cup this year. Watch out. You heard it here first. <laughs> this is where we get our credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we're going to move on to Kanata's ideal preferred healthy starting 11 for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, so it sticks with the same formation that we see our team play a lot with the 4-3-3. Uh, Zach Steffen in goal. You know, all the respect to Matt Turner, but he's just not there right now. So Stefan is our clear number one in, in goal for me. Forgetting Sean Johnson. Don't you ever say that <laughs> name to me ever again. Um, moving from left to right again, uh, we're going to go Robinson and Robinson, Brooks and Dest, McKinney out left, Adams and Musa, and then Realistic, Pepe and Wea. Uh, Personally, like you said, we're going to keep Adams in there at that pivot. He likes to sit back for more, and we're going to let Musa get more forward with McKinney. Uh, I love the combo of McKinney and Pulisic. They've looked great multiple times. You know, I think that gives us that that strong side of the pitch over there. Um, Pepe deserves to start up top. 
He's yeah. proven it. He's shown that he can play there. He can be that guy up top for us. He can be. He's been goalless for for a while now. Does that scare you at all? I mean, it scares me because he's not getting minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and the move to Augsburg, he's got to get used to it. There's yeah, I mean, there's there's factors that go into it, but it makes me mad when I see Jesus Ferrer up top and yeah. he misses sitters that I know this kid would have put on frame. At Welcome least. to Greg Berhalter. Yeah, exactly. And Wey um, has looked great up top, and I think the combo of him and Dest over there on the right side is going to look really good, um, allowing Dest to get a little bit more forward and Wey work a little bit more inside potentially, or even just the overlap play between the two is just potentially giving us, like we continue to talk about, that final ball in the box, you know, just giving us more attacking players and, and good positions. Yeah, I would be excited to see that link-up play between Des, Musa, and Wea. All three of them together on that right side? Yeah, I think it could be very solid. Then moving from a team that doesn't really have the finishing touch to a team that we hope has a finishing touch this year, Orlando City has finally signed Facundo Torres. Let's go. So we're bolstering our attack right there. That's a seems to be a pretty good signing, yeah? That's good enough. Yeah. Can we just, can we just acknowledge and shout out to the Orlando City social media team that they just didn't want to... They had a plan on how to announce Facundo, and they just didn't give up on it, even though everyone knew that he was part of the, <laughs> part of the team. They were like, no, damn it, we took these pictures, we're going to post them, and we're going to be like super secretive about it. We photoshopped these everyone crows Everyone on the planet Earth knew about it. Man was doing interviews, and they were like, no, we're going to stick to it. So shout out Orlando City social media team. Props to you guys. Yeah. The winger comes to Orlando for $7.5 million and $1.5 million in bonuses. He's a record signing for the club, and our previous record signing is Jose Coman. He didn't pan out too well for $2.8 million in 2018. So uh, how are you guys feeling about this signing? Oh, I'm in love with it. The first second I saw this rumor come out, I looked him up, and I was watching some of his highlights. This kid just, he has something special that yep. we haven't seen in Orlando. And he's 21, gets called up to the Uruguay national team frequently, and I think he's just going to bring something to the attack we've never seen before. I mean, I am absolutely ecstatic about this signing as well. I mean, I've heard, you know, the rumors, I've seen the highlights, and, you know, the hype seems to be real around this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard someone say, I think it was his manager at his previous club, saying that the ceiling is re- the limit for this guy. Yep. Like there is, He has limitless potential, so do not screw it up, basically. Yep. So, I mean, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see a record signing under the new ownership. Um, that was something I called for at the beginning of the season. We have new ownership with new money. If you guys are truly wanting to show your, your commitment to this club, you guys got to splash cash this window, and they did it, you know? Record signing, a Uruguayan national team member with limitless potential. I'm happy. Yeah, you got. Or there was interest before. Uh, I think it was in previous year's summer, summer 2021, from Inter Milan. Yeah. So I mean, if Inter Milan, even if it's not like full scouting, like true interest, there's still interest from Inter Milan, one of the bigger clubs in world football overseas. So that's saying something just about him right there. And he saw that. And he still chose to come to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I like this. I like this um, 
transfer for multiple reasons and you know Kanata kind of touched on it with talking about the business side of it like like we're spending money like you know I think that's something that fans like to see that the new ownership is like we're really looking to invest in this club and to you know kind of take it to the next level and I think it's a good good signing overall like he's a young guy which is encouraging you know a lot of the a lot of the hype that we get from like big signings are like older I feel like but not you could call yeah this guy yeah yeah, this guy's 21 so he's he's got a full career ahead of him and I will say this from the business side I will consider this uh transfer success if we can um I think I think he'll be here in three years and if we can flip him for good amount of profit yeah for like even if we sell him for 20 20 mil I yeah, think I would, I would count that successful still call making me, over 10 call me crazy but if he falls out in Orlando and gets called up for the World Cup with Uruguay and he has a few good performances in that team he could be sold this winter too uh, that would suck for us just have him for but a year yeah he I mean it's yeah, a possibility I, yeah I hadn't thought of that because everyone everyone after I feel like after World Cups everyone's just like looking to spend money they're like okay who had a who had a good World Cup Hamas yeah yeah like like Hamas is just like a really good example of that and I I mean I, I do think Hamas like had like really big potential obviously his situation is different, you know, and especially when Sudan came in and he just Sudan straight up told him he didn't he didn't want him and from there just kinda of spiraled out. But yeah, he is a prime example of like and also like the recency bias that happens with World Cups is just amazing. I mean like the prime example I can think of and I might be biased in saying this, but like Luka Modric winning a ball in the or in twenty eighteen. No, I can agree. Just because yeah. he had a good World Cup, like it's huge. The recency bias that that brings is huge. And so, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but I would agree that if he's, like, falling out of the World Cup, that we might lose him this winter. Yeah. So that's interesting that you brought up him leaving this winter after just losing Daryl DK, Chris Mueller. You know, that could be the third player to go to, you know, a bigger club in under two years. How does that make you guys feel? You know, could we become that development club? You know what I mean? How would that make you feel to see players coming in and out versus just kind of having that consistent squad that we almost had for the past couple of years? I mean, I think for a couple years is good, but then as you build the bankroll and the owners are still putting more and they're investing more and they realize what the club can become, then you hope players stay. And then totally different conversation, but you hope for promotion relegation. Because then you want those players to stay and fight, right? So, it all not it doesn't all depend on that, but you would love to see them stay and fight for the club, especially if we're growing in such that in such a way like that. Yeah, increased you know international competition and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, even if it's just bolstering the Champions League or like Concacaf Champions right. League and making it a bigger competition, which I believe they just did, instead of like sixteen teams, it's like thirty. I think it's thirty-two now that I right. think they changed it to. So maybe that'll help us out a little bit. Yeah, and it it's just I don't know. I guess it's like 
you just have to do it for the first few years as you grow the club, like you were saying. But also from a business perspective, I mean, I don't, I, you still have some signings that will be here for, for a good bit, like you know, um, like the striker we signed and, and it's Cara, right? Cara. Yeah. yeah. Um, for some reason, I was only thinking of, her, of his first name, and I'm pretty sure I can't pronounce Air it. Young Cara. Air Young, even Air though Young. it sounds, it looks like Ercon. Yeah, that's just the American. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so Cara, like, he's 26, and he came from Europe. You know, I don't, I don't think he'll be going back anytime soon. Unless, well, I mean, he's a goal scorer. He's put up good numbers. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I mean, frankly, like, how often do you see someone come here and then go back? Zlatan. Other than Slotin, yeah, but Slotin <laughs> is Slotin. That's a, yeah, that's an exception. <laughs> Nani just did it. Nani. Yeah, just went back to Venezia. Venezia. <laughs> With all the Americans there, yeah. yeah. He came on and, and scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't score. I thought it was assist. It was an assist. That's yeah. my bad. Well, since we, we've already started talking about him, uh, we're going to move on to the Arian Cara. We're going to learn to say his name at some point. Um, striker coming over from Rapid Vienna in the Austrian top flight. According to Transfer Market, Rapid Vienna will receive $888,000 from Orlando City in return for the striker. Steal. Uh, his, his value on Transfer Market was 3.3 mil, which is, if we really only paid 880 I'm kind of confused as to how we did that. Fantastic business by the new ownership. I mean, that could, that could be the case. I mean, Transfer Market, you know, definitely not the ideal source of information. You know, we're not like Fabrizio. We don't have yeah. contact with, directly with the agents of these players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got to use what we got to use. But honestly, you know, just this entire window, I think it's been fantastic business by our ownership. So they potentially could have worked out a really good deal here, you know, for somebody yep. that's looking for a bigger market to play in with with more attention from potentially bigger clubs more money for your contracts more money with your endorsements and stuff like that you know potentially you're willing to take leave for less you know yeah so we brought Cara in we also re-signed Alexander Pato I, I don't know if we re-signed Tesla's contract just hadn't run out yet we drafted Jacqueline so was bringing in another striker through the January transfer window a better option than maybe bringing in another left back or center back? Yes. I don't want to see Tesla play. Ever. Facts. And Pateau's injury, he gets injured all the time. He got he got injured once and then got injured yeah. again in rehab. <laughs> he was uh, yes, so Sabos just absolutely annihilated his leg. I mean, come on now. I wasn't saying no. What was it say? Not on that little goal scoring opportunity. There was a tackle from the Atlanta guy in like the 70th minute. Well, before that, it was safe. Oh, yeah. It loosened up his muscle. Oh, all right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Got a tender and ready for that other one. But no, I mean, what? I would only feel comfortable with starting Pateau, and I don't want to see Tesho. And we have a kid that we don't even know if he can turn into a professional, so. I mean, hey, that's what you're saying about DK. Well, yeah. And Kyle Lahren, probably. But we don't talk about him. No, we don't talk about Kyle. Yeah, the MLS draft is kind of... It's not great. It's hit on you know what yeah. I mean? It, it is so hit on Apparently we can draft fours, though. I mean, miss, 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 miss. Daryl DK comes in. Hey, yeah. 
What, the, stri- the strikers that we've got, uh, there probably have been more that I just don't remember because they never played. But the two prominent ones in a couple of years is DK and, and Laird. Yeah. And here they both are in Europe within two years of the club, three years of Air being Rich in Orlando City. Barrera. Well, that just, I mean, Not honestly, yeah. kind of comes down to MLS defending and sorry, center backs and some defenders. I mean, yeah, but you see... You see DK go over there and still yeah. Boston in the championship. Oh, well, DK's a freak of nature. And Kyle yeah. Aaron, I mean... Not the but, greatest oh, guy. Yeah, but he's, he's performed well. Yeah. Uh, you can't take it away from him, but... But he was way better here. Yeah, than he was in Turkey, yeah. Or is in Turkey. Yeah. I wonder if he would have stayed here if he would have gotten a better deal with, like, a bigger club. Bigger it's, MLS club, you're saying? No, I mean, like, bigger, like, European club. Like... If he would have stayed here, like, balling out like he was doing, because he had an excellent oh, yeah. scoring record with Orlando. But then he did his dumbassery and yeah. had the whole falling out and just wanted to leave and didn't yeah. show up. It wasn't, wasn't pretty. Didn't didn't end well. Um, messy divorce between Calvary and Orlando City. But, yeah, I don't know. But it's kind of like he was saying, we don't know that this guy, Jack Lynn, if he will actually, like, turn out to be... Good striker, and it, it really, it really doesn't hurt. Obviously, you know, you guys have some strong feelings about Tesho. I, I don't love him, but I don't. He would be him. better as a Toys R Us giraffe. <laughs> Which, honestly, he'd be better out of a job like the Toys R Us giraffe. <laughs> R.I.P. Toys R Us, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with everybody else. I think this is a solid signing for us. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, it would have been nice to bolster, you know, other areas, but... That's what the summer's for. The summer's for, and, I, and again, if that's something that our club was really worried about being depth, I think that's somewhere we would have gone during the draft. Yeah, I can't blame him for wanting to try to replace Chris and Nani. I mean, you have to you have to replace a lot of creativity, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Chris didn't perform very well this past season, but we are, you know, if you've read the articles and you've heard the stories, it's hard when you see that future opportunity right in front of you yep. and your club doesn't let you go when you want to go. So it's easy to check out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously he admitted to it, you know, all the respect to him for admitting to checking out. It so. explains a lot because he wasn't himself. Oh, absolutely I think everybody not. knew what was going on, going on. He just wasn't going to say it during, during the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. isn't his best interest in my opinion. Yeah. You know, week five he comes out and he's like, yeah, I just, you know. I don't want to be here. I hate this club right now because they wouldn't let me leave. Well, yeah. Then, no, the, I mean, the fans would have eaten him alive. And who sure. would have known, or who would have known what would have even happened with Perea? He might have just sat him the rest of the season, then he doesn't get minutes. Yeah. Well, I have, you have to think that Perea knew what was going on, too, though. He might have talked to him. You never know. But then Perea was still like, yeah, you got to go out there and put your best foot forward. And then he's still not too interested in it, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Our club did well, you know, with what they did. We needed to, like you say, replace that creativity, replace the goal scoring that those, you know, DK, Nani, and Mueller gave us. We lost our three top goal scorers and assist makers, you know, throughout the past couple of seasons in one window. So it's like we had to go out there. We had to do something. So we did, did, which is encouraging. Absolutely. Another spot on the field that we – bolstered is the midfield with the signing of Cesar Araujo, another Uruguayan youngster. I believe he's he's 20 years old, coming from the Monte, Montevideo Warriors, Wanderers, wow, 
probably butchering that too, uh, for a cost of $2 million on a three-year contract with an option year in 2025. So far, he's made appearances in the Copa Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana. So, what are the general feelings on Cesar Araujo? I'm excited for this kid, too. Uh, everything from camp and stuff, he came into camp, and I guess he's super professional. And he's got a wide variety of passing. Uh, he's just, I don't know, I'm excited for him. Good and a little bit, I think, more defensive of a midfielder. So hopefully he's able to spray out those passes and have a better, I guess, better field vision. Yeah, that's uh, something that we've been kind of missing this past two seasons is that control of the midfield. We have it some games and we don't have it other games, you know. Mm. Some games, Sabas and Mauricio come out there and they look like world beaters, and then other games they come out there and, and we let teams like Nashville run the park on us. So, I think a defensive-minded midfielder, fantastic signing. Um, not exactly sure if he's going to slot into the team right away or if he's just going to be one of those guys that kind of builds with the team and will get an opportunity, and whether he runs with the opportunity or not, we'll see. But Do you think the midfield could be him, Junior Urso, and Mauricio Pereira? Pereira? I mean, yeah, I mean, we could potentially come out there with that four- you know that four, three, three. yeah that four yeah. three three look that four you know two three one look yeah. there's there's potential for that kind of stuff and honestly with the lack of control we've had I wouldn't mind seeing three midfielders rather than just de- depending on you know Mauricio and Sebas and Sebas Junior. coming back and sitting yeah because then you don't have midfield control right yeah thoughts I mean I don't know I really I haven't seen a lot of um, a lot of highlights from this guy. If it but gives you perspective as to how defensively, defensively he, he likes to play, he has six assists in 63 appearances for his former club. Okay. He so, has a rocket left foot, too. There you go. Yeah. Cracker. But, I mean, what I do like about the signing is the age. I like signing young players. I don't like signing old players. Um... You support an MLS club. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And, um, like, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I just like, I I feel like there's more excitement behind, like, a young player than an older player. Yeah, because you, know? you got the potential for him to be a really good player for the club yeah. for years to come, yeah, or you can make money. For sure. Or recently. make money, which, um, which is good because our midfield is, is pretty pretty old like we got rid of here he was only 20 28 29 well, he, actually he moved like he was 45 yeah oh, exactly buddy was buddy was hurting but <laughs> i mean like you said i mean the age of our midfield mauricio mauricio's over 30 yeah, yeah he's, he's 31 32 yeah i was gonna say he's getting close to 31 30s. too yeah so then you Urso. got mendez desert and and now arajo to kind of sit back andres and pray yeah, yeah i kind of like him in a more Pereira. attacking role yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I think this signing will move him up more. Yeah, because it, yeah, yeah, it gives someone else a slot back there. And Perez young too, right? What is he, 22? Is he older than that? Which Perea? Perea? Andres? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's young. Okay, yeah. So, that's Yeah, I think he was playing for the, uh, like, the U21 or U22 national team or something like that. Yeah, 21, yeah, something like that. He's young, yeah. So, 
My thing is the lack of consistency over the past two years with our midfield and stuff like that. Now we're adding another player into the mix. All right, is this just Oscar cementing his, you know, first team, second team? Or is he going to continue to rotate game in and game out again like we've seen the past two years, which gives us that lack of control, lack of consistency? He needs to figure out what he's doing with the squad, which has been story of the past year and a half, I think. Maybe two years. Who knows? Because he brings on subs that don't make sense, and then he brings on subs that make sense, but just 10 minutes too late. Yeah, I was going to say, or doesn't bring anybody on. Yeah. So, I mean... You should have a full first team, and then your subs. And then you have squad rotation, too, to keep players from getting too tired. So if you're, if just for hypotheticals, our starting midfield is Jackson, Junior, and Mo. then that's what you should stick with for all your big games. Then you can bring in Araujo, Desart, Andres Perea, and rotate them through for games like right before a massive game against like Atlanta when we need points or something. But he, for some reason, he doesn't like to do that. He doesn't like to do that and make subs at the right time. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, now that we're like all sitting here and talking about this more, you know, it's all kind of, I mean, it, it seems to be making a little bit more sense to me now because like you said, we have the pairing of the three midfielders in the first team and we have the pairing of the three midfielders in the second team and we have two defensive-minded, one attacking-minded nope. with each grouping. So... Yep. To me, it seems like that may be the direction he's moving, but... Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Facundo in a left wing spot in that 4-3-3 with two holding mids, one attacking striker and wings, because then you get Facundo to the room out there to work. It did. It did. Feel, it, it was a little frustrating with Oscar last year, just like waiting too long to like make those substitutions, especially in games where you could see that the team was was kind of stuck. Or they needed stagnant. something. They needed someone to come on and change. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They needed they they certainly needed someone to come in, kind of give a change of pace, um, move things around, and it was frustrating to see him just wait, you know. Um, and even in that even in that playoff game against against Nashville, it was just like he just waited too long. I feel like to just make do those something. changes. Yeah, do something. You're already down. You might as well try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You might as well just throw anything you can at them. Which he kind of did, but he did it for like the first, for like the last five minutes of yeah, the match. Which you're just too little too yeah. late at that point. Yeah, I mean, we get scored on, we're down in the second half, you know what I mean? Late, it should have been quick. You somebody's coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah. Like, yeah. we need a change. We're moving to a more attacking look. Even if you move to a three pack and go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's honestly, the, the season's on the line. Yep. You should have three back. And yeah. honestly, when we're winning set pieces, in the last 30 seconds of the game, 15 seconds of the game, Galese should not be standing back there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's let's be realistic here, guys. Like, it's everybody forward. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't happen very often, but we saw it just last year in the Prem with Allison late in the season. Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. fantastic, you know, yeah. header in the box. But it's like, you're giving yeah. yourself numbers. Like, yeah, even if it's not him and he frees up space for somebody else in the just box. just basic tactics. Man. You're putting more people in the box than they can defend. Yep. So put the ball in the box. If it falls to somebody 95% of the time, you're going to have a shot on goal. <laughs> like we saw with Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Today. <laughs> Three times today we had lucky bounces in the box. You yep. know what I mean? And we had more than them. All right. Well, we kind of moved off topic a little bit from Cesar Araujo. 
Yeah. Um, I was gonna go towards this thing called the uh, the U twenty two initiative, which was implemented last year, I believe, in the MLS be- before last season. Um, so with Araujo and Facundo Torres, they were both signed under the U twenty two initiative. The U twenty two initiative allows MLS clubs to sign up to three young players, aged twenty two and younger, to lucrative contracts at a reduced budget charge decreasing the risk associated with acquiring or retaining players who are still approaching their prime. We see another one of these quote-unquote special signings with DPs and international slots and now the U22 initiative, you had like Generation Adidas players and all that stuff, is are all these special signings really necessary for the league to grow or is this something where it should just kind of be like, yeah, you want to buy this player, go ahead and buy them doesn't matter their age, where they're from, whatever. Is it kind of holding the league back, or do you actually think this is helping the league grow somehow? I don't think we do. I'm going to be honest. Take away the salary cap. Yeah, it's be like thing. every other league in the world and let them spend the money that they want to spend. If you have to spend it, go for it. Yeah, you, you still got financial fair play. Sorry. Yeah. I mean... I, I get what they're trying to do because they're trying to keep the league competitive, you know. And every league has some type of incentive to to keep the leagues competitive. You know, like the MLB, you know, you, you've got the, the low street tax where it's like, okay, we're not putting a salary cap on you, but if, if your payroll, you know, is bigger than this for X amount of years, you're going to start pay, paying, like, a tax on it, and that increases... Um, throughout the like the amount of years that that you are over that amount you know um i do like the u22 initiative though because it's putting more eyes on on the league we're seeing this trend where the like the mls is transitioning from like oh it's a retirement league or whatever to a league where european clubs are actually paying attention to and looking for players to, to come and buy and we've seen that happen more and more in the past few years and I'm pretty sure we will continue to see it and so I do like that U22 um, initiative because it, it kind of young players like, like Torres and, and Araujo like they, they want to come here they want to play here and um, I think that's just good it gets more eyes on, on the league then what about like the designated players and in international slots because I feel like DPs were good a couple years ago when bringing big names over like Frank Lampard, Kaká, Nani, Pirlo, all these names from Europe, they were legends. That was that was good because then you got attention to the league, but now that that's kind of dissipating and we're seeing these young players come in and we're a growing league, do you, do you get rid of designated players and focus on this U22 initiative then? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that as you, as you keep growing... Yeah, you kind of you kind of move those away, and I'm sure that when the league implemented these, they didn't think it was going to be forever. Um, I just don't know how long they were they were thinking of it or planning on on staying. But I don't know. It it, it might be a conversation that's already happening. I don't I don't know. We we don't know because we haven't heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. But also, I think if if the fans make it known, like. No, we want to see our clubs have freedom to just sign whoever they want from whoever they want and not have to worry about 
oh, we can't do that. We don't have enough DP slots. Yeah. Then I I think the league will listen. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, though. It's like all the other American leagues have their, you know, whatever that stops you from spending way too much money and and keeping financial fair play in, in check. But that's an American thing, you know what I mean? Like, you look at football around the world, and it's like, it's the same thing across the board. You can, your ownership has the money to spend it. You go ahead and do it. And that does, you know, it does create that, that gap. You see it in every league, you know. The gap between the Man Cities and the Norwiches, you know what I mean? The gap between Madrid and the bottom of the table, you know what I mean? It's huge. But I think that, you know, taking that stuff away and allowing us to do whatever we want, if the owners have that kind of money, I think it's going to help the league grow and it's going to help international football grow if we can just increase the amount of money that is given to these players signing youth players on lucrative contracts because they do look good they do look like prospects and not being worried about like oh well we signed this kid now we're not gonna be able to sign this guy in the draft because we don't have the money to spend you know yeah you got anything Bryce no alright cool then we are going to move into your you and Kanata's projected 11s for Orlando City uh, I asked you for these earlier. You guys sent them to me. So if you want to run through the formation and the players and tell us why you got them, there where they are, then uh, we can talk about that. So I just got a four-two-three-one. Uh, I got Galese in the back. I got Matinho out left. Antonio Carlos, Janssen, and Juan on the back line. I mean, why switch them up? They've been a partnership for like two years now. If Martino can stay healthy and we can keep that back line healthy, I don't think defense will be a problem. Uh, I got Mendez, Urso, and Pereira. Pereira. <laughs> yeah, I call him we, Mo. We have yeah, two. Mo, yeah. Anyways, I mean, that midfield did well. I think 10 games into the season or so, I think Urso is going to get replaced by Araujo. And I think Mendez is actually going to get moved up more offensively. Um, then up top, I got Torres, Cara, and Vanderwater. I think that's going to be a great, great forward. Um, Vanderwater crosses into the box with Cara. That's going to be dangerous because he's six foot four. He can dunk on people, and I just think Mo and Torres are going to be combining, playing well with each other. And Carr can also hold up the ball and help him attack. So that's what I got. So I got two questions for you. We're going to start with the first one. So. You said Urso is going to get replaced by Araujo like 10 games in. I think so. Not outlandish. But then you said Mendez is going to get moved forward. Yeah. So then one, no. what, one what happens with Mo? Not forward. Well, that's what you just said. I'm, I'm meaning like he's going to be more box-to-box and Araujo is going to be the one staying back more defensively. All right, I kind of see what you're saying. I yeah. thought you meant because when we got Mendez, that's what he was meant to be. Yeah, good box to box. Yeah, and works hard under Poppy. <laughs> he got moved back to more uh, defense midfield, and I think Araujo, if you watch his highlights, he got most of his balls that he wins. They're directly going forward. 
And with Urso, I feel, I mean, if you look at our passing from this year, most of the midfield balls were either side to side or passing it back. Yeah. So I think he's just going to, he's just got to get warmed up in the league and the team, and I think he'll replace Urso. So my second question is why Kara and not Pato? Why not both? Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see that, but... Then you can still have Vanderwater there putting putting crosses into both. Yeah. What, do you, what would you do with Mo? What would I do with Mo? Yeah. I don't think he had a great season last season. I think he could drop to the bench, and then if we're down 1-0... 2-1 and we need that attacking flair or just that creativity then he comes on see the thing I got with that he's, he's a DP we're going to have a DP on the bench all season or not all season but see this is why I don't like those I, things neither do I <laughs> yeah. bro, bro I've never heard that expression we can we can drop back to the bench <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's like you know he can take a step back just let just let Facundo be like the the, like no, not that. Just drop back to the bench. <laughs> you take yourself right back home from it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then then moving from the four two three one to the four four two, which I actually kind of like of Canada's. We're gonna run through the four four two really quick. Yeah. So it kind of was just like you were saying. It kind of gives us those two strikers up top that we were just talking about. But we'll just go ahead and run through it. Um, moving from left to right on everything. We're gonna start with Galay saying goal, obviously. Um, there's nobody else other than him on the on the team that yep. I see taking that number one spot from him. Um, Kyle Smith at left back. We're going to go Antonio Carlos on the left, Johnson on the right, and Juan out wide. So then moving to the midfield area, we got Facundo, Mendez, Perea, and Vanderwater. And then up top, we're going to have Cara and Pato. Um, I don't know if this is my ideal, I would say, formation with these guys, but this is something I could see us coming out in week one with something like this. I'm not going to lie, those two strikes are sexy. Oh, absolutely. I, love, I mean, I, I want I want the two up top, no matter what we do, something like that. I, I could see Pato and Cara playing very well off each other. Pato is just such a, a creative player, and Cara has shown that he is a phenomenal finisher. You know what I mean? He can he can get up in the air and finish those, box, those crosses that are coming in from Vanderwater or Torres. You know, I think that this formation gives them a little more freedom to move forward a little bit. It takes a little pressure off Mauricio moving forward. It gives the creativity with four other players already progressing up the field. Um, I'm not a Joao Moutinho fan myself, so I feel we're more aggressive. Never have been. No, never have been, <laughs> never will be. But he was trash when he played for LA. He was trash when he came here. But he was Generation Adidas. That's great. <laughs> Generation, see yourself out of my club. Fair. Um, it's kind of harsh, honestly. But is it though? Take it back. But to is the it bench? Though? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Other than uh, I'm not even gonna get into it. That's for another episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just the episode is we hate Moutinho. And Tesha, yeah, Tesha's got to be. Yeah. Personally, I feel that we are a better team with Kyle Smith at the left back especially if we have Facundo over there on that side that allows him to sit back and do what Kyle Smith does best, and that's just be in the right spot at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
that's my, you know, I could see us coming out with that in week one, just kind of trying to see what these two strikers can give us and feeling them out. And if they don't play well with each other, you know what I mean? We'll move back to the one up top that we have seen. But personally, I kind of like this 4-4-2. So last year, the first game of the season, we actually played a 4-4-2 with Beto and Tesho. Was that, was that the 3-2 win over Atlanta? No. The first game of the season. Very first one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was working the game, so I... I, I think it was one last year. It might have... Yeah, it was, it the, was that the, the one? With, with, no, you that wasn't the one where Atlanta scored in, like, the first minute. No. Nah. You weren't working that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The first... That was the very first game of the season. Yeah, because I, I don't remember anything, I mean, so... Realistically... I mean, let's just have the intern pull it up. So, you realistically, I say Cara and Pato up top... But we all know Oscar, and Carr is not going to start game one. It is going to be Tesho up top, and I'm sorry, but we're all going to have to deal with it, unfortunately. But we we know this man. We've seen it too many times over. How are you going to name Tesho Akinelli in the starting lineup over Daryl DK with Pato up top? You know what I mean? Like That's just inexcusable type of stuff. So if we do run four four two, Carr is coming off the bench. If he even comes off the bench, that's the other. Thing. <laughs> I would love to see that formation, but I just think I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like that would be a type of formation where we would win like forty two or something. It'd be a high scoring game or something. Yeah, I mean, but our defense is solid too. You it know is. what I mean? Yeah, Antonio Carlos is a phenomenal center back the MLS you know what I mean and Robin Johnson is decent as well yeah. so I'm I'm just it's Mo in the middle just him and him and Seba Seba's can do it Mo's getting up there in age I, I, so that's why I I kind of set him back in that that 4-4-2 because he's getting up in there in age he's not going to be able to get his forward as as much as he used to and we've seen it you know what yeah. I mean where he gets forward, he panics when he can't get back and makes stupid fouls. So, honestly, I would think it would be better for him to hang back more with, or you know, with Mendez or so, you know, somebody else in the midfield. Talking about Mo. Yeah. So you want Mo to hang back? Well, in the four four two look, I'm not really looking for him to get super far forward. You know what I'm I mean? I'm also not looking to use Mo as a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Because I don't think he's. Again, this, Yuri. This, this comes down to the DP thing. That's the you only reason he's in my he's in my starting lineup because a DP will not be on the bench. It's just how MLS works. You know what I mean? And if it was our plan to use or like keep him on the bench, he would not have been our he would not yeah, have been yeah, our DP. Been resigned, so so I mean, realistically, we're probably going to play with the three midfielders because, like you said, defensively, Mo is not not it. No, no. But neither is Urso or Perea. So I take I take Urso defensively. He puts in some good challenges. Yeah, he's he's a good lock to box. I feel like yeah. he's gonna be a rattle. Watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, if he plays well, throw him in there. I just want to see Vanderwater play again. You know, me too. And actually get minutes this yeah, season. You know, yeah. like every time he stepped onto the pitch, he looked like he could do something special. And even if there wasn't anybody else over there to help him. He looked like he could do something. Yep. Yeah, he he really does, and I think he will get consistent minutes this season. I don't see a reason why not. Um, 
I think that'd be very frustrating mm. if he doesn't get consistent minutes. Um, especially like like right now. I mean, you look at our 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 wingers, and really, it's just like who else other than him and Torres. It's like Benji. Um, we got rid of Chris. We got rid of Nani. So that's yeah, pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So he, there's really no excuse for him not to be playing. Yeah. Um, consistently, and like you said, like he he looked dangerous every time he was on the pitch. He had um, a couple of frustrating uh, chances missed, but I think if he's out there consistently, like he's putting those away, you mm-hmm. know, trying to gain some confidence yeah. and all that. I got one last question for you guys. Okay. We're gonna go one by one by one. Greg out before the World Cup? Yes, no. That's all. I just want yes or no. No. Greg out before the World no. Cup. Greg out before the World Cup. What do we have to lose? So we got one yes, yes and two no. no's. It's, yeah, I know what you're saying. No, I'm just yeah, you're not funny. All right, so we got one yes. Your mom thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. <laughs> Two no's, one yes. I mean, what else? What else is there really? Like, what more does he have to do to keep the job? To not have the job, I guess. To lose it. To lose, yeah. Like, what more does he have to do? Lose against Mexico. If we don't qualify, he's out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, for sure. I just. But why should it get to that point? But we, it hasn't. We as a soccer, I can't even say we're a soccer nation yet. But the part of us that is a soccer nation, we shouldn't be worried about these last three games. I disagree. How? Why? Because we're playing really good teams in these last three games. Like, but, we're talking about Mexico, which is our, like, you guys... We should have already rival. clinched, is what I'm saying. It or we should only need a point. It should already be pretty much done. All but done. Yeah, I guess, like, you look at the players and you're like, yeah, definitely... But then you look at the coach. But then, yeah, but then, I don't know. I just kind of, like, these. a lot of these players are, are really young. And it's just some of that is just comes with experience, like, playing together and, and growing, I think. But it, it's, like, it hasn't been horrible, you know. It's not like you're going out there and just getting, like, pounded. You know what I mean? You know what isn't helping at all? The behind-the-back bounce passes to the players. That's <laughs> from Browns. Or- what are you doing? Yeah. You're not. You're not helping anything, my dad. Like the different shoes every single game, showing yeah. off the sneaker collection. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm. You know, like you it said, two no is one yes. Like- I. I just don't think we need to get to the point, like you guys say, where if we don't qualify. Yeah. He's out. Like, to me, he hasn't proven to me, through the years of his, him having the job, that he can do anything special. What's been proven to me is we have special players on the team that will put the game in their and on their back when when times get tough. You know what I mean? We've seen it in the Gold Cup. We saw it in the Nations League final. You know what I mean? Like, in some qualifying games, definitely not all. When 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 it really comes down to that moment, the players will show out for us, and they kind of just. 
push that man away because you see a difference in tactics. You see a difference in play style from them. So, to me, he's already out, in my opinion. But Yeah, I just I have a hard time with that just because like you're so close to qualifying the World Cup. And that just, I mean, that'll change the whole chemistry of the team. Like, just coming in with a completely different philosophy, different tactics in the last minute. That's kind of like... Yeah. It's hard. I mean, we saw how Spain managed, which obviously they're Spain. Like, their players are significantly better, significantly more experienced, and it they still couldn't, you know, they still didn't look good, you know? No, for sure, but in the context of the teams that we're playing versus the teams that Spain was playing, we should be able to hold our own, you know. I mean, obviously Spain didn't look amazing out there, but they held their own. You know what I mean? We should quali- yeah. We should be able to qualify and hold our own in this World Cup so that way when 2026 comes around and it's in our backyard, we're established. That's that's the way I, I look at things. I'll be honest. If we do qualify for this World Cup and Greg's our head coach going into it, I don't think we make it out of the uh, group stage. Yeah, depending on who's in our group. Yeah, exactly. If we get stuck with Germany, France, and Bulgaria... I think well, we're that's third. why it was huge for I us to continue to win. Because yeah. France is not going to make it out. Remember the winner's curse? That's true. Whatever there is the winner's curse. All right. Doesn't make it out of the. I would say Germany and England, but we all know England is garbage. Yeah, we all know. I mean, especially if we got Harry Maguire back there. As we're Americans talking about garbage international teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, anybody can hate on Harry Maguire, so. Yeah. That's true. If he makes it into their World Cup squad. Hey, he will. I mean, he will. Yeah, he, like, who he else? Will. And Pickford will sit there and scream at him all game. Yeah. And it is Harry Kane will bottle in. Of, I mean, this is England in the World Cup. We're talking, you know, international play we're talking about. You know, they will bottle it somehow at some point in time. So. Yeah. Well, I think that was a, a good hour plus long talk. I think that's going to wrap up the first ever episode of Orlando City Fan TV with a mix of U.S. men's and national team in there. So thank you guys for listening and for all the other guys sitting in the studio. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of OC Fan TV. If you guys like what you heard here today, you should check out one of our other podcasts that we do called We Speak Football, where we focus more on the international side of things. Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Syria, and all the transfers and news that go on with that. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.